Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. From Cedarburg Public Library Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Chapter a Day Kids Edition. My name is Casey, and I'm the teen librarian at the Cedarburg Public Library. We have teamed up with CPL Radio to read to you a new middle school book, one chapter at a time. Tune in each day to listen to a chapter, or you can catch up by listening to past recordings. This month's selection is called Betty Before X by Ilyasa Shabazz. It's about a young girl named Betty who was raised by her aunt in Georgia until she is six. Then she joins her mother and stepfamily in 1940s Detroit, where she learns the hard truths about the civil rights movement. Later on in life, she marries Malcolm X, the influential African-American Muslim minister and civil rights activist. I love this story because it is all about keeping your faith during tough times and leaning on your friends and community for love and support. After each chapter, CPL Radio will play a few Motown and doo-wop songs, the music that Betty and her friends Suzetta and Phyllis listen to in the book. To listen to the latest chapter, visit our website or go to the CPL podcast page on Spotify. I go to sleep counting and counting. I am thankful for family and friends. 
I am thankful for the way laughter swells up mighty like the ocean, then settles like soft waves and comes again. I am thankful for surprise phone calls and birthday wishes. I am thankful for the look in Suzetta's eyes when she calls me her best friend. How I know she means it when she says it again and again, forever. 20. The next few weeks, we stay busy planning Mrs. Peck's appreciation service. It's been hard to organize everything without her knowing, but now the day has almost come so we can stop whispering after church and having private meetings without her. The event is happening tomorrow after our regular Sunday morning service. Today, Suzetta and I are practicing our speech and trying on clothes. Suzetta walks over to her closet. What should I wear tomorrow? she asks. I look through the hanging clothes, mostly dresses, and pick out the ones I think are fancy enough for the service, but not too fancy. I lay them on her bed. These are cute, I tell her. Suzetta looks them over, then sighs. She goes back to her closet and pulls out three more. Okay, out of all of these, which one, she asks. I point to the yellow dress. Pick two more. I point to a light blue dress with red flowers and the pleated navy blue one trimmed with ivory ribbon around the edges. Okay, so out of these three, which one? I still like the yellow one best, I tell her. I love the color, and I like how it fits you on the top and bellows out on the bottom. Suzetta holds the light blue dress up to her. Are you sure? Yes, it's really pretty. Okay, I just want to make sure. I mean, this is a big deal. People are coming from Cleveland, Toledo, Chicago, Pittsburgh, and don't forget, Paul Robeson will be here too. All of a sudden, my heart is pounding. I know it's a big deal, but hearing it again is making me feel like I'm going to be speaking in front of the whole world. Aren't you nervous? I ask. Suzetta assures me, it's just like having to say our Christmas speeches in front of the congregation, only we don't have to memorize it, so it's even better. You're good at speaking anyway, Betty. Suzetta looks over the light blue dress with red flowers again. I think I'll wear this one, she says. What do you think? I think she's not listening to what I think, so I tell her, Why don't you do eeny, meeny, miny, mo? Suzetta starts singing the song, pointing to the dresses spread across their bed. The light blue dress is out first. Aw, but I like that one, Suzetta says. I laugh. I know there will be many more rounds. 21. Just like Mrs. Malloy promised, Paul Robeson is at our church this morning. While Pastor Dames introduces him, Paul Robeson sits like a tender giant, strong and confident. He didn't have to come to Bethel and bless us, church family, Pastor Dames says. Yes, he is a famous actor. Yes, he is a world-class singer. But this man is so much more. Mr. Robeson stands tall all around the world in the struggle for us colored folk. Brothers and sisters, he says, it is an honor to have him with us on the Sunday morning. Please, let us stand and welcome our mighty brother to Bethel A.M.E., Mr. Paul Robeson. The whole congregation stands. We clap and cheer him on. Mr. Robeson can barely say a word because everyone is clapping and cheering him on especially all of the women. 
He takes the microphone, grips it in his big hands. I hear thunder in his throat when he speaks. It shakes me on the inside. Every person in the church is still. His voice reminds me of the days when my Aunt Fanny May, of the towering trees and Georgia's glistening stars, of the roosters that woke us to the morning sun. When he talks, he speaks about power and peace, and he gets the church all excited. As an American citizen, I speak against injustice. I will always speak for peace. No one can silence me, because the Lord is on the side of the righteous, and I am on the side of the Lord. Amen, brother, men shout. Then Paul Robeson sings Amazing Grace. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace hath brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. After he sings, it's time for me and Suzetta to introduce Mrs. Peck. I can hardly feel my feet as we walk through to the front of the sanctuary. Once we're at the podium, Suzetta grabs my hand and gives it a quick squeeze. My nerves settle a bit and everything I'm supposed to say just flows right out. I read Mrs. Peck's biography first. It's mostly just stating her birthday, the year she started the Housewives League, and how, as a woman, she is a leader of the church. I feel so proud as I recite the part I wrote all by myself. I fold my paper and make sure my voice is going into the microphone. What I admire the most about Mrs. Peck is her strength and determination. I've spent time canvassing neighborhoods with her to get as many women as possible to sign up, and it requires a lot of hard work. Mrs. Peck takes the time to teach us girls so we can make sure everybody understands that Negroes are human beings too. And as human beings, we have feelings and we have power. Suzetta says the next part. Sometimes people don't even open their doors because they are scared and don't know that they have the power and the right to make change. So for Mrs. Peck to have started this organization with no guarantee that people would support her or that white business owners would change their minds and agree with her, I think that's a testament to her faith and determination. The congregation claps and a few people say amen. Then I say the last part, the part I was most nervous about sharing. I pause for a moment, thinking maybe I should just end it there. But then Suzetta nudges me, and the words just come right out like they needed the push. What I like most about Mrs. Peck is her resilience. I know what it's like to have someone you love more than anything in the world die and go to heaven. I know that emptiness hurts so much, but Mrs. Peck keeps her joy. She teaches us not to wallow in any misery, but to grow from it. Then I turn to Mrs. Peck and look her in the eyes. Mrs. Peck, your leadership is an example to all of us girls and even the boys, I say. Thank you. Mrs. Peck is wiping her eyes with a white handkerchief. Suzetta says, On behalf of the African Methodist Episcopal Church at Bethel, we thank you for being a role model to us and a pillar of hope to the nation. Then Suzetta steps closer to the mic and says, Ladies and gentlemen, please join us in welcoming our faithful leader, 
Mrs. Fanny B. Peck. She says it perfectly, just as we practiced it. The church is full of applause, and every single person is standing. I know people are mostly clapping for Mrs. Peck, but it feels good standing in front of everyone, having them smile and cheer us on, listening to our every word. It feels like family here. Once Mrs. Peck comes to the microphone, Suzetta and I take our turns to hug her, and then we walk back to the second row and take our seats. Thank you, thank you, Mrs. Peck says. What this means you'll never know. Mrs. Peck thanks a long list of people, some who aren't even here, but she says their names anyway. Then she says, I want to remind everyone that the Housewives League is more than a trade campaign. The Housewives League's is about investing in ourselves and in our children. It's about supporting our men and believing that we have, within our own community, everything we need. People clap. This is about power. The color green has power. Yes, church, money has power. The Bible says, where your heart is, there will your treasure be. So I ask you today, do you love yourselves? Yes, people shout. Do you love your families, your community? Amen, people shout. Well, if you do, it's time to show it by how you spend your money. Don't buy where you can't work. Invest in your own communities first. Most people stand and clap when Mrs. Peck says this. But not Phyllis's mom. Not Ollie Mae. I pray you continue the work, Mrs. Peck says. I pray you continue to believe in the power of us. It is the only way we can accomplish any goal, by coming together. Thank you. Mrs. Peck is escorted back to her seat. The audience gives her another standing ovation. After service, the adults linger, talking while we play and run around until Deacon Boyd tells us to stop playing in the Lord's house. He has us walk through the pews and pick up any left-behind programs or tissues, or anything that should be thrown away. A small group of us begins cleaning, while most of the kids continue to run around like they didn't even hear him. I am in one aisle, Kay is in the next. I bend over and pick up a fan, a bulletin. By the time we walk through each pew, most people have gone. Ollie Mae hasn't left yet. She is sitting in a pew, waiting for Arthur to finish up his conversation with Deacon Boyd. That means my sisters and brothers are probably off somewhere playing tag, even though Deacon Boyd has fussed at them at least three times now. Mrs. Malloy is in deep conversation with one of the members from Chicago. They have been talking in the corner this whole time. One of the ushers, Mrs. White, comes over to me carrying a black leather purse. You were excellent, young lady. Thank you, I say. Do you know to whom this belongs, she says. No, ma'am. Hmm, she says. She scans the sanctuary. Well, it can't belong to any of you young folk. Ollie Mae, is this yours? She holds up the purse. Ollie Mae shakes her head no. She asks another woman, is this yours? Not mine, the woman says. Excuse me, Mrs. Malloy, she calls out. But Mrs. Malloy doesn't answer. All of her attention is on the woman from Chicago. Mrs. Malloy! Mrs. White raises her voice just a bit. Mrs. Malloy doesn't hear her. 
Well, it's got to be one of theirs, Mrs. White says. At least I hope it is. Mrs. Malloy walks into the sanctuary coming from Mr. Malloy, pardon me, walks into the sanctuary coming from downstairs. Mrs. White looks at him, says, Mr. Malloy, is this your wife's purse? He looks it over. I can't say. Doesn't look like it. Then again, they all look the same to me. He laughs. Mrs. White laughs, too. Mr. Malloy calls out, Helen? Helen? Nothing. No one can get her attention. I don't know what comes over me. I guess I just want to help. I don't know. But for some reason, I opened my mouth and shouted my loudest voice, Mother, is this your purse? I didn't expect to say mother. The word slipped off my tongue like I had said it before. I didn't even know it was there. I walked over to Mrs. Malloy so I can give her the purse. As I walk quietly across the sanctuary, it's like my feet are in quicksand. I see everyone all at once. Suzetta stops in the middle of the choir stand, where the altos usually are, holding a hymnal in her arms. The ushers look down at the floor. Mr. Malloy is rubbing his balding head. The woman from Chicago has a smile on her face. She reaches out her hand. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. It is mine, she says. She says this just as I walk past the pew that Ollie May is sitting in. I do not look at Ollie May. I just keep walking. Not because I don't care about her, but because I think hearing your child call another woman mother might be hurtful. It was not my intention to hurt her, but I can't take back what I just said, so I just keep walking right past her pew. I hand the purse to the woman from Chicago. She reaches into it and pulls out a butterscotch candy. Thank you, baby, she says. You're welcome, I tell her. I take the candy, and now I am closer to Mrs. Malloy. She is standing there looking at me with joy all over her face. She hugs me. By the time I turn around, Ollie Mae is gone. Shirley, Juanita, Jimmy, and the boys, too. That night, I lie in bed mouthing the word, Mother, over and over. My lips are not used to saying this word. The last time I said mother, wasn't I wasn't even two years old. Probably just forming words on my toddler's tongue. I never called my Aunt Fanny Mae mother, and my Grandma Matilda was just that, my grandma. Mother. I have a mother now. That word keeps me company all through the night. Chapter a Day Kids Edition can be heard Monday through Friday at this time on CPL Radio. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.